Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Keys 107 on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host tonight. Sit back and get ready. We got a hot show for you. The healthy tip of the day is up next. The Keys 107 is proud to present the healthy tip of the day. Well, today's healthy tip is recognizing your joy. But how do you get to the point where you are able to recognize where your joy comes from? Well, in her book, Acts of Faith, Daily Meditations for People of Color, Iyanla Van Zan advises, and this is from May 9th, waiting for a particular turn of events is a good way to lead yourself into disappointment. Depending on anyone to make you happy, make you feel good, or lift your spirit is a sure way to place yourself in isolation. When your joy is dependent on people and conditions, it is restricted. Joy must spring forth from you before it can surround you. Joy must be the way you walk and the way you speak to those who come into your realm. Joy is knowing you are doing what you can, the best you can, and you are feeling good about it. Joy is knowing time is on your side and wherever you are, you are the joy. Joy is taking a moment to say thank you, a day to do for self, and an energy of sharing what you have. Joy is not what happens to you, it is what comes through you when you are conscious of the blessings you are. I am the source of joy. Well, that's your healthy tip of the day. Find your joy and share it with somebody else. Well, welcome to another episode of the Keys 107 on the Keys 107 Network. It's www.thekeys.com. 107 network.com. I am Rafika. I am your host, and I am so filled with joy that you took a moment out of your time to spend with us. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. <laughs> well, today we welcome uh, Jerry Craft, who is a uh, award-winning cartoonist, illustrator, and author. Now, Jerry Craft is the creator of Mama's Boys. And this is not his first time being on the Keys 107 Network, I am very proud to say. This is his second time visiting us, talking to us about what makes a hero, talking to him about his uh, comic strip and how he how he was inspired to write this comic from his childhood and elements that he brought into the, to, to make it these uh, young men, Yusef and um, Tyrell, come to life. But then let me give you a little background. Um, Jerry Craft, he is the creator of Mama's Boys, as I said. It's an award-winning comic strip that has been distributed by the King Features Syndicate since 1995. That makes him one of the few syndicated African-American cartoonists in the country. His comic strip follows the lives of Pauline Porter, a widow raising her two teenage sons named Tyrell and Youssef, while also running the family bookstore. 
Jerry has won four African American Literary Awards Show Open Book Awards Whew. for the best comic strip in the years 2012, 2011, 2009, and 2004. He has also published three Mama's Boys books. The first, Mama's Boys as American Essie Potato Pie, was named in the Great Books for African American Children, and since then, the strip has been featured in Okay, Chicken Soup for the African American Soul, Chicken Soup for the African American Woman's Soul, The Idiot's Guide to Comedy Writing, and his most recent Mama's Boys, The Big Picture, is is the 2010 Cindy Award winner for Best Children's Book and was featured in the School Library Journal. And if that's not enough, he has illustrated eight children's books, working directly with the authors to bring their text to life. Among them are Hillary's Big Business Adventure, Looking to the Clouds for Daddy. Oh, come on. Now, really, anybody that's looking into the clouds for daddy has to consult the great genie fluff from the fluffs present the alphabet. I mean, in their world on Cloud Cumulus, they got all the answers. (laughs) www.thefluffsfamily.com. Okay, so now, Jerry Craft has also uh, illustrated what's below your tummy, Tom, and please don't yell at we, and my hair is curly, among others. And Jerry's on board. He's here today. He's going to talk a little bit about that experience of being an illustrator and how you can contact him if you have a book or an idea and you need an illustrator. Well, you know the Keys 107 Network, how we do it. We have to go to a quick commercial break, and when we come back from that break, Jerry Craft will be here. So get your pens and your paper ready. Ask your questions. Dial in 213-943-3618. That's 213-943-3618. Press number one, press number one to talk. Jerry Craft, up next. Take us to commercial. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to hold on. Hold on. Before we go to commercial, we have to thank South African jazz musician Ernie J. Smith for allowing us to play that beautiful song or tello song in the background. And I want to take a moment, a very special moment, to dedicate that song, that beautiful jazz piece, to my Uncle Dickie, Richard Habersham Bay, who has transitioned and... um let his spirit soar. Let him finally be at peace. We love you, Uncle Dickie. Okay, now we can go to commercial break. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites, For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for self. 
someone else. The men shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Mold 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit Mold107.com. Well, um, that was a long intro, but sometimes we just have to do it like that. Uh, Jerry Craft is here. Uh, we've got YLC Network in the chat room. Um, thank you for the condolences, YLC. It's good to see you in the chat room. And if you have any questions for Jerry Craft, just feel free to type them in, and I'll um, relay them over to him. So let's let's um get started. Welcome Jerry Craft. Uh, welcome to the Keys uh, 107 again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm, I just want to let you know that I'm um pretty excited today. I'm actually using a headset with a microphone on it. It took me um, a couple of shows to finally get that syncing correct. So I am I am. I am broadcasting with a microphone today. I sound like um, my co-host, uh, Brother James, who is on board today, too. You know, he has that radio voice. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. Well, can you take a step up? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, I'm with, I'm with the big league now. <clears throat> so, you know, Jerry, um, I think one of the things that resonated me most in our uh, first conversation on the Keys 107 was um, the conversation about the elements of superheroes and what makes a hero, uh, what what makes a, a hero. And uh, you had given some thoughts, and I just wanted you to have a moment to sort of um, revisit those thoughts on what makes a superhero. Okay. Um, you know, that's something that, that, you know, I talk about often, so it's always kind of in the forefront. It actually has changed a lot since, we were kids. I think that back then, you know, you had the Superman, Captain America kind of people where they were just perfect, you know, two records in the American way, and they did everything perfectly. Nowadays, it really has changed a lot. And with some of the heroes, you almost can't tell if they're heroes, you know, because they're, they're kind of like anti-heroes, you know, um, so it really has changed a lot in the sense where they're definitely more human, humanized. Uh, some of them even have darker sides to them. So it's it's come a long way. But I think when when we're talking to kids, um, you know, a lot of stuff that I do, I definitely make it known who the hero is and have it someone that. Um, you can relate to and that you can root for. Okay. But you were saying that it somehow changed. Um, I think um, some of the elements have sort of been exaggerated in um, movies today because they're taking old scripts and uh, bringing them up to date to with new technology, new gadgets. Um, the Batman's uh, costume and Iron Man's costume certainly isn't what it was when it was first um, released. But, oh, absolutely. But then um, it says um, Iron Man gross. I think the last figure I heard was three hundred million dollars. 
And wow. that's 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 a huge amount of money. Um, when you look at this figure called Iron Man, you know, and he's a normal person with a suit on, right? Right. Right. But you know, as as we we live in like a subculture in comic books as well, because we have the um, superheroes that are most prevalent in in the world, and then we have sort of a small community of superheroes who are considered the black superheroes, right? And I wanted to know yeah. from you because I'm not really up to date on comic books as I was when I was a child. But when I was a child, there were no black um, comic book characters. I think the first one was around 1976. Is that correct? DC Comics, um, Tyrock, is that his name? Yeah, you know, well, they had, um, they've always kind of been in the background a little bit. I guess one of the first big ones, the big established ones from Marvel was the Black Panther. And um, even today, you know, as long as he's been around, you know, when they're talking about the movies that they're making, there's the Captain America and Thor and the Avengers. And, you know, Black Panther had been part of the Avengers here and there. Um, but now with even some of the new movies that they're planning to release, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, it's like all these guys are, are leapfrogging uh, Black Panther. So... You know, every few years there's a, a thought that, you know, they're going to do a movie or he may appear in Avengers or something like that, but it never seems to really make it to the screen. Mm. Mm. Well, again, we're, we're you know, we're, we're in awe of these characters due to the technology today and how advanced um, films have become these characters are really bigger than life, even though when we were children looking at the comic books, they were bigger than life at that time too. But now they're yeah. just like, they're out of the atmosphere with the with the, um, the elements that they have that make them heroes. Right. And and how, how important do you think, um, Jerry, that it's important for black children to have a black hero that they can look up to? Um, I think it's extremely important because, you know, when – when all you see are characters, you know, that, that look like you and their sidekicks or they don't really have powers, you know, whether you're realizing it or not, it definitely puts you into the um, the role of being a sidekick as well. You know, I think that even things like if you've got, you know, a, a black kid that's in a uh, predominantly white class, you know, like if he's in a, a private school or something, a lot of times they will not feel like they are as smart or as whatever, you know. And, and a lot of that is just seeing so many the images of how we're portrayed. Um, and, you know, a lot of adults can't handle that. So to think that a six- or seven-year-old could could think like that, um, you know, I, I guess we really have to, to do our best to, to level the playing field. Um, it is very tough because, you know, you don't have a lot of the big companies that are investing. And like I said, you know, they'll do 40 movies before they'll do a Black Panther or Black Lightning. I mean, I guess we're lucky to get Storm in the X-Men. 
Um, but that's why it's so important for the independent people. You know, uh, matter of fact, I'll tell you about two conventions coming up soon, but there are a lot of us that will be at these conventions and for folks to come out and support us because, you know, we are definitely committed to to bring in characters that, that um, our communities can look up to. If you had an opportunity, um, let's say there was no budget constraints and, you know, just no constraints on your creativity, what would your um character look like and I, you and you can segue right into to the positive positive force yeah that you know um regardless of the budget that would be my character because mm-hmm. you know i look at a lot of the things that you know when you're talking about what our kids need you know first of all um the positive force character I'm actually doing as a novel, like a young adult novel. Um, because, you know, the first thing is I want to address the, the literacy problem. You know, so many of the large publishers just out and out say, you know, we do not do books aimed at a black teen audience because basically black boys do not read. And it's like, you know, it's one of those uh, chicken and the egg kind of things. It's like, okay, do they not read um, because you don't make books for them mm-hmm. and they don't identify with the characters? Or do you not make characters books for them because they don't read? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I know even with my kids, um, they didn't necessarily like to read when they were younger. And then one day they found a book. My oldest son found a book that he liked, and I just sat in the corner and watched, and he just plowed right through it. Then he went, he got the next one, he got the next one, and then he was a reader. And and even me, you know, I actually did not like to read until I was an adult. And I think a lot of that was the same thing of, like, you know, the stuff that I enjoyed reading was usually confiscated by teachers in school. So if I wanted to read comic books, you know, they would take them from me and my friends and they're like, okay, now you've got to read this book. And, you know, even even in the predominantly black school, um, you know, I went to school in, in Harlem and one in Inward. It's like they did not offer books that had characters that we could relate to. So, Reading to me in school was almost a punishment because I mm-hmm. just didn't enjoy it. Yes. It wasn't until I became an adult and um, actually uh, became friends with uh, Eric Jerome Dickey, who is like a New York Times bestselling author, and we swapped books. And I was like, oh, great, now i got to read this guy's book, you know, because I knew that we were going to talk. And I actually read him. I was like, hey, this is pretty good. And then that really kind of opened up my eyes for reading as enjoyment. Like, I I would read books about, you know, Photoshop and Flash animation. Like, I could read reference manuals, but as far as enjoyment, I was not doing. And then from there, you know, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X and Invisible Man and and all the ones that I had kind of missed out on over the years that I had heard people talking about. Um so that was kind of where where I started. Um, so what, when I look at 
um, what I want to do with Positive Force, I would love for this to be a book that reluctant readers will gravitate to and say, okay, you know what, I'm a teenage boy. This kid is growing up in Harlem. You know, it was important for me to put his father in there in the book um, because, you know, fatherhood is something that's really near and dear to me. And also teaching about the Harlem community. Mm-hmm. You know, like even little things, like if they're walking down Adam Clayton Powell Boulevard where they will actually explain who Adam Clayton Powell is. Mm-hmm. You know, and... You know, he he's living in that uh, house on Strivers Row and, you know, adding little history lessons here and there, but it wrapped up in, in an exciting superhero book. Um, so that that's definitely my, my goal and what I hope to bring to the table. But um is would is positive force gonna have some some powers? Is he gonna have some tools, some some weapons? I mean is what what is his unique characteristics that's going to make him you know be so bigger than life for children reading about him well it's a it's a combination because his dad is is a genius he's like a scientific genius so some of them are innate in his like his ability to fly he can he can fly on his own without the suit <laughs> um but because, you know, one of the things as I was researching a lot of the black characters, and I actually have a, a cartoon on YouTube where I kind of dissected them and really looked in like a lot of the black superheroes that I grew up with, they were strong or they were fast, but they they couldn't really do anything mm-hmm. besides that. You know, there was no beams coming out of their eyes. They couldn't fly on their own and they couldn't shoot rays out of their hand or breathe fire or what so many of the other ones can do. So I definitely want him uh, to have these powers. So he can fly, and then his dad will hook him up with a suit uh, that will, you know, give him kind of the ability to kind of shoot stuff out of his hands a little bit. But as he gets more and more comfortable, he will find uh, himself with more powers than even he thought he had. Um, So I'm not going to tell you all that yet because you know some of it i'm still freaking out but he's definitely someone that is definitely more than just strong um i I think one one of the things that um attracted me when i was reading about positive force is that he's 17 years old yeah absolutely um one of the things that i have him doing is you know it's i i have him with the real conscious For example, um, you know, if he sees some of the guys from the neighborhood and, you know, they're, say, selling drugs or something like that, there's a conflict because it's not like he just wants to beat them up and hand them over to the police because he realizes that these are kids just like himself. And once he puts them in the system – you know, that might be it for them. Mm. You know, when they when they talk about that prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. So he and his dad want a bigger picture where, okay, well, how can we actually teach these kids, uh, you know, what to do and give them an alternative 
to being out there because a lot of times, you know, when when you look at kids with the role models, it's like it's not, you know, their dads that are going to work, you know, working nights at the post office or something like that because it's not a flashy kind of life, but they'll go with the guys that got the, you know, the Jaguars and the nice cars and the gold and all this kind of stuff. So you really have to look at changing uh, the way that they perceive both their lives and the lives of others. So there's a real teaching aspect that I want to put into this so that it's not just beating them down because, you know, you can't beat down someone that's already downtrodden. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, That's right. So I definitely want to do it for more of an, an uplifting uh, thing than a than a beatdown. Than a beatdown. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I also wanted to just ask you, um, you know, not without revealing much of those um, inner qualities that are going to be revealed in Positive Force as the story evolves, but in the poster, which <clears throat> I want to let our listening audience know that the poster is available um, now, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have a face. Is that is that just graphic art, or does he not have a face? Well, um, I, he it is definitely shaded, you know, and I'm actually going to have it. And I have to say that the poster um, was illustrated by my good friend Mashindo Kumba, who to me is as good an artist as anybody walking the planet. And I don't mean, you know, you know sometimes it's, oh, he's good, you know, for a black comic artist. I mean, he's as good. I don't care what, you know, where you are. Um, and then the, the designer, another good friend of mine, Danny I, who really hooked me up with a great design. Mm-hmm. So I started with, you know, quality, you know. So I he does have to keep his uh his you know, his face a secret. But okay. I do have it where it kinda of morphs. So he can kind of change his appearance a little bit depending on who he's talking to and what how he needs to come across. So you know, uh, if if he needs to be a little more, you know, like if he's rescuing a kid, you know, you don't want this mean face, you know, and he can kind of change it to be a little more subtle. But then if he's fighting, it can either be in the shadow or he can have kind of a, a meaner type of face. And I want him to – so different people will see different things, so they will think of him. They'll all have different stories. So if it is a kid that he wants to be able to befriend, he's like, oh, well, he was nice. He looked like a nice guy at this and this. But then, you know, some guys in the corner that he had a real running with are like, oh, nah, you don't want to mess with that brother because he's mean. Mm-hmm. Um, he also does not want people to know that he's 17. So he can actually kind of make the mask look a little older or, or younger, depending on what's necessary. Okay, so any any idea on when we can see this uh, book? And and I just want to well, make a, a distinction that this is a novel, not a comic book. Right. Is that right? So this okay. is a, a novel. So this, we're talking maybe about 250 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that, you know, you can take your time and read or, or maybe, you know, my ideal 
circumstance is having fathers read it with their sons and like kind of alternate back and forth reading it together or mentors with their sons or daughters because you know like i said it's it's the community so i definitely do not want to, to leave out our our young ladies out there um I am putting some finishing touches on it now, and I think what I may do is kind of launch it at the Harlem Book Fair, uh, which is in July. The mm-hmm. posters, like you said, are available on my website, um, jerrycraft.net, so you can at least see what the character looks like. Um, there is a Comic-Con this Saturday in the Bronx, um, my friend Alex Simmons does one called the Kids Comic Con, and that's uh, this Saturday, May 11th, on uh, Bronx Community College, 181st and University Avenue. So from 10 to 6, so I'll have um, I'll have a bunch of posters there, and then one of my other favorite cons is Xbox, and that's up in Philadelphia, which I know I mentioned to you last time, and that's the East Coast Black Age Comic Convention, um, mm-hmm. Enterprise Festival. And that, that's a really nice one because when you come there, you know, there are 20, 30 people like myself, uh, authors, illustrators, you know, uh, comic book writers, novel writers. Um, there are workshops. I mean, all kinds of things. So it's a great event to actually, um, you know, bring your kids to this cosplay. So, you know, you see – Kids dressed up in costumes now, uh, so it's it's a really cool thing. So I definitely have the posters for that as well. Okay, so you're looking around um, the Harlem Week book Harlem Week. Uh, what is it called? The Harlem yeah. Harlem Book Fair, and that Harlem is I believe in July, maybe the second week of July, maybe like the 17th or the 27th, something like that. Okay, well, listen, Jerry. Now you know I'm so interested in this book, and I think the question that you threw out earlier, um, are young children, are young black children not reading because there are not books for them is is a very good um, topic that should be addressed even in the school system when you look at how many books the children are reading that have no relevance in their life. Sometimes they're good stories, but they have no connection with them because they are they don't look like them. And that's something right. that needs to be um that needs to be addressed seriously. I'm a former English teacher and uh although I do love the topics that I taught, I knew that I wasn't connecting with the children in the way that they needed to be connected with. And I think this book Positive Force will certainly be something. Um Walter Dean Myers has also written some books, but those books are not on the list. Um they're on the supplemental list, but they're not on the current yeah. list in, in the school system. Yeah, and it's one of those, you know, I do a lot of school visits and, you know, anywhere from uh, some of the well-off private schools to some of these schools that are, you know, kind of under the table called like third strike schools where it's kids that have, you know, been removed from their regular schools and it's like this is your last chance kind of thing. And a lot of these schools, you know, not only can't they identify with the book, but, you know, so many times, you know, the teachers don't look like them, the principal doesn't look like them. So there's there's no one with any kind of power, 
that these kids can look at and say, you know, I could grow up to be him or her. Like, you know, this is who I can identify with. Um, so, you know, I, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, it's, it's a, uh, a financial commitment for myself. It is also, um, you know, the commitment, but, you know, I'm raising two sons. My sons now are 15 and 13. So they're my in-home focus group. And (laughs) I see how they're turning out because I play such an active role in their lives, you know, and I take them to school and, you know, I coach their basketball team and I'm at their baseball games. And um, there's so many kids that, that don't have that. Um, but I, I did, that's why, you know, I do so many visits and, and things like that and try to go out there and, um, you know, just give a pat on the back to some of these kids mm-hmm. uh, as much as I can. Some positive reinforcement. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did, um, a, like a, uh, residential treatment center recently and, there was one kid who came in, and he kind of put his head down, and he wasn't really participating. And then halfway through, he perked up a little bit, and then he was started drawing. Oh, can I get a pencil? And by the end, he was as enthusiastic as any kid there. And when I was walking out, one of the teachers came over and said, you have no idea what just happened. I'm like, what? Like, did I miss something? Something bad? He goes, that kid has, like, gang affiliations. He's got all kinds of stuff. These kids in that class are scared to death of this boy. And to see him perk up and act like a 12-year-old as opposed to this tough kid, you know, really had an impact. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that when you when you realize it, you know, it's it brings tears to the eyes, you know, when you like, you know, I'm leaving like, but he looked like just a regular 12 year old kid and what his life must be like, um, you know, once he goes back home or whatever is just, you know, unfathomable sometimes to, to what some of our kids have to deal with. It, it's much more than what I had to deal with mm-hmm. as a kid. You know, mm-hmm. you know whenever I can, I'm, I'm definitely there to, to try to, to talk to them and, and show them different things, you know. Well, I want to go into um, two of the books that <clears throat> when you were here last time we didn't have a lot of time to dig into, but I want to talk about Khalil's Way and um, Who Would Have Thunk It. Uh, those are chapter books. And what age groups are those uh, reaching? And what are some of the current themes or concurrent themes in, in each book? Okay. Um, Khalil's Way is written by uh, my buddy David Miller, um, and it is about an 11-year-old boy who is growing up in New Orleans. He, he and his family survived Hurricane Katrina, and they're putting their lives back together. And he's in a new school, and he has a, a severe bully problem. And what I like that David did was he actually – had Khalil be inspired by a a real story um, that, you know, that happened in real life of a kid that was bullied so bad that he actually 
um, you know, took his own life. And Khalil sees this, and he's trying to, you know, reach out to his parents and the school to show, like, the impact that this bully has on him um, without actually physically fighting him because that's just, you know, that's just not the kind of kid that he is and how he uh, approaches the school and the bully to kind of resolve the problem. Um, so that's one that, you know, is getting a lot of great feedback. That's one of the reasons why I like working with different authors is because they bring so much to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're very passionate. So, you know, when you gave your thing this when we started the show about, find, you know, what are you passionate about and what makes you go, you know, I meet these people like David Miller that mm-hmm. are really inspirational, and and they actually had me uh, step up my game because I want my art to match their stories. Mm. You know? So, and then the um, Who Would Have Thunk It was written by uh, George C. Frazier and his Emma Frazier, and George is the. Uh, He's the founder of FraserNet, which is a huge um, networking uh, thing for, like, black entrepreneurs and businesses. And, you know, he's always on Tom Joyner, and, you know, he's been written up in Black Enterprise. Um, and he and his sister were part of 11 kids. They were two of 11 kids. And when their parents could no longer take care of them, they broken up and sent into different foster care situations. So the, the two oldest ones went off by themselves. Um, then, you know, three went to one family, three went to another, and then they went to another family. But, you know, it took them a while before they found a family that would adopt them. So it's based on their lives, but they did not have as good an experience in real life as these characters did. They kind of wanted to, they call it factional, you know, based on fact, but they made up some of the the happier things. But there's, you know, still definitely some parts that were not perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of these are are middle-grade readers, you know, about, I'd say about 120 pages. Um. So middle grade or, you know, I got an email from a reading specialist in California, and she has a um, 17-year-old who was not a real strong reader, and she said that normally, you know, she would read to the boy, and then, you know, he would read a page or two and then give it back to her. But he liked Who Would Have Thunk It so much that he was like, oh, I'll read the whole thing to you. And he wrote me this email that was like, oh, my God, he's so, I've never seemed so excited about reading. And, you know, I told her, I said, yeah, I emailed her back. I, I had never met her, didn't know who she was. I said, well, I'll tell you what, when he is done reading it, uh, I'll call him up and congratulate him for having read it. And he finished it, and I kept my word. And I called him up, and by the time we were hanging up, he was like, you know, I'm going to write my story. I was like, well, good for you. So he went from a kid who didn't even want to read to a kid who wanted to write his own 
story. And like I said, that's the kind of thing that just gives me goosebumps sometime of, of, you know, something that is so simple. It's me taking 10 minutes out of my day to make a phone call, but it could really impact this kid. Uh, I think there's just so many little things that we as, you know, regular people can do that can really change some of these young kids' lives. Well, I wanted to talk to you about self-publishing, and um, when we con- when we when we finish this part of our conversation, we're going to break for commercial, and then we're going to come back, and we have I think one person um, on the line ready for a question for you. But when you are when you get a manuscript, how do you approach the characterization or the illustrations of that manuscript? What, what's your process? Well, I'll, I'll give you. Um... I'll give you a case in point. Um, I got a call one day from a woman named Michelle Brito, and she says, I'm a social worker, and I deal with a lot of kids um, who have been abused, and I wanted to do a children's book and to, you know, to, to show them and, and get, arm them with vocabulary and and to teach them to keep their private parts private and how important that is. And, you know, I was like, wow, how am I going to do a book like that, like a children's book? Um, you know, because it's such a serious uh, such a serious theme to it. And so it starts out with a lot of talking. So, you know, we may talk for a couple hours, and I, I'm just really writing down notes, you know, and, you know, she wanted the kids to look a certain way and then, you know, just to make it a little more child-friendly, you know, each kid has like a little, you know, like a little boy has a stuffed elephant that kind of protects him a little bit and the girl has a little, you know, fairy character just to make it so it's not as tough uh, a message. Um, and then we talked about it and certain things. She said, well, I'd like this. I'd like to be like this. And I was saying, well, you know what, maybe we should do this instead and, you know, have it very colorful, you know, because it is such a serious thing. Let's have it very colorful, very kid-friendly, very big pictures. Um, And then there were things that were important to her, like there's a page in the book where the kid, she wanted the kid to write down who they thought were the safe people, the safe men and the safe women in his mm. life or her life that he can trust. And then we agreed, okay, you know what? Let's have to give the kid one side and let's have the parent write down their list and then the child and the adult can compare and, you know, talk about that. Mm. She wanted um, breathing exercises. So as you turn the page, the kids kind of breathe and, relax and center and take it all in. So there were things that were really important to her, and then there were things that were important to me. And by the time the end product came out, which is literally like, you know, the ink is still wet on some of these books. It it just came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the What's Below Your Tummy Tum book. And people are looking at it and just blown away. So now, you know, daycares are like, hey, you know, how do we get 
50 copies. How do we get this to our kids and mm-hmm. parents and grandparents and teachers? So it, it was a long process um, because if it were up to Michelle, she would have written, she would have released like 42 books at one time. And I was <laughs> like, hey, sit down now, just, just breathe, take it easy. Yes. Let's do, let's do one book. Let's get it the way we want it. And then once we have that, we'll wait. You know, we'll wait a while, let this sell, let get out there, you do. And then we can work on the next one. And she, every time I talk to her, she's like, oh, thank you so much. Okay. Yes, that was really the way to do it. Um, so that, that was one of the, the kind of the prime things of, you know, how I do my sketches and I email them and she'll respond and we'll go back and forth. Um, and that's one of the, the big differences. Um, with working with someone like myself as opposed to, like, you know, Vanity Press or something where you might give them a script and then you get back a finished copy and it's like, oh, that's not how I pictured it. Mm. Now, how much creative control do you have as the illustrator or does the author come to you and say, listen, this is what I want it to look like and you have no say? Which which one is it? Um, It's never quite the latter. Usually I have a lot of say. Um, There is a book I'm doing now called Just Because, and this is uh, an author, Chiquita Camille, and it is about a family that just loves to get together just because. It's a a really nice book, Uh, fun and friendly and and very family-oriented, and she is extremely particular. She's like, okay, I would like this to look like my grandmother. I'd like this one to look like my son. And, you know, can you make this there? And he would wear a shirt like this. And he would – so she's one of the more particular ones, which is, you know, fine, because these are characters that are in her head. Um, Whereas – and this is the other one that was released recently, My Surgery by Dr. Tiffany Owens. She wanted to do a book that would uh, kind of comfort kids who are about to go into the hospital and have surgery for the first time. Mm. And she pretty much left it up to me. So I wanted this one to be multicultural. So I had, you know, Asian kids and East Indian kids and black kids and white kids and, uh, you know, Hispanic kids. And, you know, I would sketch it and I'd send it to her. She'd be like, okay, that's good. Let's do the next one. And then I'd <laughs> do the next page. And I'd look, oh, hey, great. So she was, was you know, very open-minded. She was like, I don't know exactly what I want, but I know it when I see it. Mm-hmm. And then when there certain things, since she is a doctor, certain things she was particular about, like I want the operating room to look like this. You know, I want the machines in the hospital room to look like this. Um, and, you know, things that, like, putting pre-op and this. So then she was particular, but the characters were all, like, characters that I just came up uh, out of my head. Well, Jerry, we're going to um, break for a commercial, and then we're going to come back and uh, take a call, and um, we'll see where we go from there. Okay. 
Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, I'm back. I'm back with Jerry Kraft, and uh, we're. I don't know what happened to our caller, but um, I don't. When, when they check in, then we'll we'll get the next questions going. Um, I see my co-host. His mic is hot. So, uh, James, yes. did you want to uh, ask Jerry some questions or something? Yes, I would, Jerry. First and foremost, we uh, thank you for coming on the Keys 107, and uh, you are absolutely an inspiration for young people and old people uh, who are trying to take their creative force, that positive force, and to make it a reality to be beneficial to all those who partake. And I just want to thank you and encourage you to continue on with your mission um, in, in terms of illustrating and writing books. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now, my first question just brings back to the uh, I guess the first interview where we may have asked you, how did you find your passion? How did you know that um, becoming an illustrator was your your goal or your your aim or, or, or your life's work? Where did you find that inspiration? And uh, can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, you know, it's just something that um, I've always loved to do from the time that I was like five years old. And, you know, even today, you know, when I go to one of these restaurants and, you know, they give you the crayons and you you can draw on the table, you know, <laughs> my kids are like, yeah, not really. Like, oh, yeah, I'll take the crayons, you know. So I tell kids all the time, if there's something that you are really passionate about um, and you can make a living out of it, um, 
then you'll be really lucky because even before I did went out on my own, you know, I always had jobs I loved. You know, I worked at Sports Illustrated for Kids where I got to interview Derek Jeter and play Xbox against Larry Fitzgerald and review PlayStation games and stuff like that. So, you know, with my sons, like, okay, if you like Xbox so much, you know, you can you can learn to make the game. You know, you can be a designer. You can do that kind of thing where you can actually create this kind of stuff. So you don't always have to sit back and have stuff done for you. And then imagine what that's like going to work and, you know, you're working on the new Call of Duty game or the new Halo game or something like that. Um, so that's that's definitely something that I always try to tell kids because, you know, if I say, look, if you guys think that you're in school a long time, wait till you get jobs because once you work it, that's a long time. It's all downhill so from can, there. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. I'm like, you know, if you hate animals, you don't want to be a veterinarian because you will never want to go to work. Mm, um, but when I had my job at Sports Illustrated for Kids, I almost never took sick days um, because it was just something that I really liked, I believed in. And, again, I got to work with kids and, and to help them out. So it was very cool. Mm. But I also want to reflect back on your earlier statements when you were talking about um, when you was a child and uh, reading wasn't something that really appealed to you until it clicked or the light went on. Um, and we know today, I think, there's still that challenge for most children, and in particular black children. And I just, before I ask the question, I, I know you've heard this so many times, that a, a picture uh, is uh, like a like until a thousand words. Is that something that you are very conscious of and as you do your work, knowing that these pictures might turn that light bulb on and cause these young, wonderful minds to begin to read and explore um, all these endless possibilities? Oh, ab absolutely. Because, I mean, that's why um, if you look at the books that I've done, I really do have something for every age. So if it's, if it's a, a kid who is either first learning to read or, you know, mom or dad are still reading to the kids, you know, it's like, uh, please don't yell at we, right? And then once you ha get a little older, you know, maybe seven, eight or so, you know, it's the Hillary's Big Business Venture, which is colorful, but it teaches kids to be entrepreneurs and earn their own money. Um, the older you get, once you start getting into readers, you know, where it's like a 100 or 150-page book, that's the Please Don't Yell at We or the Khalil's Way. And then the Mama's Boys books, um, I've got fans that are eight, and I've got fans that are 18. And it's sort of like, you know, some of the cartoons that I watched as a kid, like a Bullwinkle or, you know, uh, something more modern like a uh, Shrek where, you know, my kids would like it. And then I'd like it too, because there were different layers to the humor. And, mm -hmm. you know, so a reluctant reader can get it. Cause I had a mom call me up. She's like, Oh my God, I found out you, that you have two more mama's voice books. I need them. She, I said, you know what? They're out of print. I don't have any more. I, I put a few away for my kids. She's like, you don't understand. My kid reads this book over and over again. 
I will do whatever I can to get him another mommy's voice. You have to get me because he doesn't read, and he's reading this book over and over again. So I made a, an exception for her because she was just so passionate about it. But, <laughs> you know, it's like whatever happens. And I do have a lot of kids that uh, are kind of reluctant, and because it's done at the comic strip, and I kind of put messages in it like how Fred Albert used to do. You know, mm-hmm. so mom is born to big picture. He meets versions of himself. Uh, like if he dropped out of school, what how he would be. Or if he's 70 years old and, you know, has tattoos on his face that he got when he was 16 that are not cool now because he's 81. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I put those things in so that kids would read it and go, oh, yeah, I get it. That, that kind of is. Yeah, maybe that's not a good idea. So I get it from the kids and I get it from the parents who are like, thank you. This is, you know, a a godsend to get him. And then also, you know, putting in some of the stuff that I say to him that he doesn't actually listen to me because of his mom or his dad, you know. Right, right. Well, I have one last question, and that is Mm -hmm. because the books are so dynamic and that, we could see that, like you just said, it goes from the pre-reader to that young man who's 18. But if you also look at, like you spoke earlier about the comics, uh, uh, the uh, cartoons or the uh, the movies that are coming with the superheroes grossing anywhere between $175 million to $300 million, have you, uh, see, do you see in your future transitioning the books into uh, life characters on screen, on the big movie screen? You know, it's when I am writing Positive Force, I actually see it as a movie, and I'm thinking big here, so That's I'm one year. <laughs> I'm seeing Will Smith and Jaden as the characters, and it is so clear in my head that I hope one day we're talking and you say, you know, I just went to the premiere of, of Positive Force with Will, starring Will and Jaden. And like, yeah, remember that conversation we had in 2013? I told you that's what was going to happen. Like, that's how how real it is to me. Hmm. Um, well, that's and why I you have to put it in the ether. Huh? Probably. I, that's why you have to put it in the ether, because if you can conceive the thought in your mind, as you have done with so many of your books and characters, then you commit it to paper so it's real. But it all starts oh, with that thought. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it is is such a real uh, thing to me. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, a thing. And then, Rafik, the one that I, I'll just do like 60 seconds on this one. Um, I have a middle grade book that I hope to send to the printer in about a week. And they are the school bullies. So this time it's not about a kid being bullied, but they're the bullies. Mm. And they get superpowers. But when they get their superpowers, instead of turning cool like Iron Man and Spider-Man, they actually kind of reflect kids that they bully. So they take on those characteristics. So they're not cool. So when they're these superheroes, now they get teased. So they have to really learn how to treat people and, and empathize. So one of them gets kind of, you know, obesely overweight because he was always the one that picked on the bigger kids. And one, you know, uh, shrinks down. She's only about six inches tall because she got to, you know, she always picked on the little kids. And, 
you know, the kid that picked on the smart kids. He's super smart, but he's totally uncoordinated, which throws him off because he's normally very athletic. Um, and that one is called The Offenders. And that one, I, I will probably do a test run and do about 100 copies in about a week or two. Um, so, you know, that's why sometimes I can't even sleep at night. I get these ideas, and I'm like, okay, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. So as soon as I get off the phone, um, I will be back at the computer and finishing up uh, Just Because and some of the other stuff I'm doing. Well, that must be an exciting opportunity. And um, that um, question, um, caller, if you're ready, your mic is live. You can go ahead and I'll ask Jerry your question. Hi, Jerry Craft. Hey. How are you? Um, I'm good. How are you? Good. You got a question for me? Yes, I have three, in fact. Okay. Um, my, first, uh, my first question is, what is your favorite black superhero? Ooh. Um, you can't say the ones that you created. No, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I actually am a big fan of, of some of my the independent ones. So Brother Man is one of my all-time favorites, and um, that's created by Dawood Anyabile. And there's one called Blackjack by Alex Simmons. But on TV, I really like um, Cyborg for the Justice League. And in the comics books, probably... Storm. Well, yeah, mine is on the Black Panther. Black Panther? Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Um, okay, so my second question. Yeah, second one? Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead. What's the second one? My second one is, what is your favorite comic? My favorite comic? Um, it's harder to beat Spider-Man. I've been reading Spider-Man since I was, I don't know, seven, eight, um, I've still got all my old Spider-Man uh, comics. I think I've got Spider-Man 14. That's the the oldest issue that I've got. And I had, for a while, I had um, every issue from about issue 96 to about 300, which I still keep wrapped up and safe. And then... Uh, the original Silver Surfer one was one of my favorites. and uh, But like I said, now a lot of the ones that I read are by the independent people such as myself that, uh, you know, other cartoons of color that are producing their own stuff. Okay. So there's Witch Doctor and Dreadlocks and, you know, Kyle Baker does some amazing stuff and, um, uh, the Harlem Shadow. Um, you know, we did a fair, we did Black Comic Book Day at the Schomburg in January, and we're going to do it again. We had 1,500 people show up. Um, so there are a lot of really great illustrators, and they'll be back again next year. Wow, 1,600? Yep, absolutely. We were expecting 100 to 200 people. Schomburg gave us, after the event was over, they counted 1,500 people. We all, like, hit the floor. So the the audience is definitely there. We just have to reach it. And it's not necessarily through comic shops and and reaching the people that Marvel reaches. It's about reaching a whole new generation of, of characters, uh, not characters, of, of fans. Okay. 
And you got one more for me? Yes. Who is your hero? Hi. Wait, who is your hero? Who is my hero? My real-life hero uh, was my dad. I was very fortunate to have an amazing relationship with my father. And most of the stuff that um, when I'm with my kids, you know, I'm basing it on how my relationship with my father is. So it's really easy. And there are things that I just don't even think twice about. So when it's like going to their baseball games or coaching their team or sitting down doing homework or something like that, like it's not even an issue. And uh, they reminded me yesterday when we were talking, when I used to walk with them and they were, you know, babies or two or three years old, people would go, oh, you got stuck babysitting, huh? Like, dude, I am not babysitting. These are my kids. (laughs) <laughs> right, babysitting. Babysitting is what you do. You get paid five thousand dollars to watch someone else's kids. I'm like, these are my kids, and yeah. I couldn't think of anything I'd rather do than this. Yeah, that's uh, an expression that I've always wondered about when people say, um, "Are you going to babysit the children tonight?" When it's your children, very strange um, way of yeah. transmitting information. Jerry, I'd Absolutely. like to thank you again for your time. Um, I think you're going to be a reoccurring guest because I'm going to keep keep on you. I want to know as soon as Positive Force is released. I'm so excited about that book. I can't wait for my son to read it um, sure. and for him to have a superhero that he can uh, look up to. And, um, you know, just in closing, um, what advice can you offer people, young people and old people who want to self-publish, who want to go into the world of illustration, or even for people who have books that need an illustrator, what what is your advice to them? You know, the first thing is, um, you know, some people, I mean, it is going to cost money. And the reason why I say that is I, I just spoke to a friend of mine who knew someone that said, oh, I'm going to design it myself and I'm going to edit myself and I'm going to do this. And we looked at the book and it really looks like it was done um, by themselves. You know what I mean? So, you know, when I do my stuff, I have, you know, my friend Danny, who is a really wonderful designer, help me out, you know, and then, you know, different people edit and different ideas. So really be hard on yourself you know, don't be one of these people that auditions for, for American Idol thinking I could be the next American Idol and you can't carry a, a note. It's like really look at it and say, does this look professional? You know, don't send it out there with typos and things like that. Mm. The other thing is take your time. Let people see it. But don't just, oh, well, you know, my mama likes it. So, you know, let someone that is honest uh, review it and get back to you and don't be don't be afraid to to make changes if i do a a comic strip and i show it to an eight-year-old kid and he doesn't get it i'm not going to be like well you're eight what do you know like if you don't get it then i haven't done my job you know so i will change i'm not going to make the eight-year-old change i'm going to change what i show him and make Mm -hmm. it so when i show it to him he's like oh now i get it so those are the main things just really um be honest with yourself and, um, you know, reach out to people. Like I said, I, I, I do books for, for people all the time, and sometimes I'll give them feedback, um, you know, without actually doing the book, but say, hey, this is my suggestions for you. All right? Well, okay. So I do, 
do, just to want to say my, my website one last time is just Jerry Craft, J E R R Y C R A F T dot net and all the stuff that we talk about is on there. Okay. Caller, are you still there? Yes. The caller is still here, Mom. You should know that. <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead and um say goodbye to Jerry Craft so we can close out. Wait, oh. Um well, Jerry Craft, I'm to that. Miss Sorry Son. Oh, okay. Um, and I would just like to thank you for answering my questions. Oh, well, you're welcome. In any time. Yeah, you know, any 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 time I can do it. That's why I put, you know, the stuff online and show how I draw and samples of that, you know, I'm not selfish with with my talent. It's it's a it's a gift, so you know, I share it when I can. So, thanks for asking. They they were great. And can you give out your website one more time? Yes, jerrycraft.net. J E R R Y C R A F T dot net and my email is jerrycraft at aol dot com. Well, you are welcome um to use the Keys one oh seven network as your forum. So anytime you wanna jump in and, and um you know give us an update, feel free to call in um and just say, Hey, let me tell you what's going on. We'd love to hear oh, from I'm you. It's always a pleasure and I'm gonna allow you to go back to your to your drawing. I know your fingers are ready. <laughs> and we have to yep. close out now. So thanks again, Jerry. You got it. And I'll see you on Facebook and all the other places where we hook up. That's right. So have, have a good night. Thanks okay. for having me. Sure. Thank okay. you again. Okay. The Kings on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't have the keys on your blog talk radio, then your blog talk radio isn't really on. And as we get ready to close out, I'd like to say special thanks to our listening audience for giving us your time. I'd like to thank Gramps Morgan for allowing us to use his song Dream as our opening song. And of course, James, my co-host. And this show has been recorded for replay on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Keys 107. And check out our website at www.thekeys107network.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Keys 107 and look for us on the Facebook group. And um, that's about it. We're going to take you out right now with the Gramps Morgan song called Dream because that's our adopted song. And you have a good night and tune in next Thursday at 6 o'clock. We're going to be interviewing Atia the inspirational speaker.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.